Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. What to do, what to do. What do you mean, what to do? Smash her head into a million pieces. The heroes found themselves bathed in darkness. And you hear a presence come up toward you. Toward you. A presence that doesn't care about your mirror (gasps) images. That can see exactly... (gasps) Where? I told you! You're the worst, not you! (laughs) (laughs) No. And fighting blind. He'll throw the lance to the ground. He pulls out Rose Light, uh, holds it up in the air, looks toward it uh, for guidance. Though I cannot see you, Hyomate will guide my hand! And though they were able to dispatch one foe... Alright, so Baron, you see this uh, creature just fly up to Sir Will. The creature just flew its last flight. The light is fading fast. A couple things are going to happen. First, you take 22 points of damage from this bite, and then you just start... (laughs) ...having these wrenching spasms that rack your body, causing you to be nauseated. And you take four points of strength damage... And four points of dex damage. Oh, no! The adventure continues now. It's that time of year when the world falls in love. Every song you hear seems to say, Merry Christmas, Matthew, and your beautiful bearded face. Matthew, you look very spiffy today in your tie and your neatly trimmed beard. Are you going to a gala tonight? I did it for you guys. Oh, for us? Yeah. Joe's wearing a Lork's Gonna Lork shirt. <laughs> Lork's Gonna Lork, dude. <laughs> Handsome shirt. Merry Christmas. A child won a contest to make that uh, the artwork on there. <laughs> it was one of those, like, uh, grocery store contests and art for the glass cannon. You say that, and I don't understand how. What is it that makes one shirt that we buy better than another shirt, regardless of design? Like, the actual shirt. <laughs> I don't know. Like, this shirt falls so much better than the Glass Cannon Network logo Navy shirt. And and they're the same brand. Falls? Or you mean like, falls, like on, falls on me. Like, yeah, just yeah. like the way that it wears. It's so much better. And it's the the same brand, yeah. the same manufacturer, the same percentages of material. Right, the same weight. The uh, same weight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, the uh, Pride shirt. Uh, incredible. <laughs> And the network shirt, garbage. I, I don't understand. Well, on me, on me. I just don't understand Joe, why, what the difference could be. You got to put them on shoe trees for at least three months before you wear it the first time. This is just smart business. Obviously. You got to stretch them out on a nice cedar plank. And then by the time you put it on, it'll just fall the way your body wants it to. And I'll smell like a tree. Mm. It is strange uh, because, you know, Norse Foundry gives us a new t-shirt every other week, um, which is just smart because we wear them. Uh, and we order the same exact shirts. And 
And sometimes I'm like, why does the Norse Foundry one fit better Dude, than the same exact shirt, color, style, everything? These fucking pieces of shit at Norse Foundry. <laughs> they're like they're like your friends. They you, you, they're like the Grants of the world when you ask for the brisket recipe, and he's like, here you go. <laughs> and you make it, you're like, this isn't the same. <laughs> we cannot seem to match the fall of these beautiful Norse Foundry shirts. Yeah, I despite don't. having the exact same percentage of cotton versus polyester. <laughs> hey, Joe, I'm, uh, I'm going down to Florida to meet up with the Norse Foundry guys for Christmas, and you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after that outburst. Yeah. You can go to hell. I'm just jealous. It's just jealousy. I mean, there's only so many trade secrets you can give away. And to what, un- you know, what impoverished nation you outsource your T-shirt design. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, these folks are running uh, factories in all sorts of different countries. Yeah. I mean, you probably order from the same company and get it from a different factory. And the label's the same, but yeah, it's probably coming from a different factory. It could be coming from a whole different nation, and you just never know. Yeah, most of our shirts are Next Level 6040. And it could be that like one distributor is sending Next Level 6040s different Distributor over here sending the same exact shirt, and they're just slightly a different yeah. to feel different. Well, one of those factories is phoning it in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I just want, wish I knew which one it was. <laughs> I don't want to necessarily give this business free publicity, but I was looking on uh, Uber Eats the other night, and I saw George Lopez Tacos, and I was like, I love that show, the George Lopez show, so I'm going to look into it. And I thought George Lopez opened a chain. Uh, much like a lot of celebrities open up chains of things. And George Lopez Tacos is just like an umbrella corporation for a group of restaurants that sell similar Mexican tacos that can all order and like do their back end. So like it's just so that wherever you go in whatever city, even though the restaurant's totally unrelated, you know that you're going to get something similar by ordering through George Lopez Tacos. I despise on that practice. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I did, too. I thought it was a little strange, but it's also helping out the little guys, the little taquerias who are just trying to make it. But so that's I'm- why you have these crowds of morons in Times Square piling into TGI Fridays. And the city is some of the best food in the world. They're cramming themselves into TGI Fridays and Bubba Gumps. <laughs> a bunch of rubes. And I should be clear to all of you, it is still owned by Mr. George. There Lewis. he is. There he is. I mean, I enjoy his comedy, and I'm sure he makes he gets good tacos at home. It, it, but he calls it a virtual restaurant. It's so strange. It breaks my head to think about it. I don't know about all this new stuff. <laughs> Is it a badge of honor to have lived in or near New York for nearly 20 years and never set foot in Bumblegrum Shrimp? Yeah. I, I, was, I certainly I go, never have. I did go in there once because my girlfriend at the time had a gift certificate that she won at work. And uh, <laughs> That sounds like the reason to go. I yeah. vowed never to set foot in that place ever again. How was the food? <laughs> You vowed uh, never to set foot in that place ever again, Joe. It, it was very salty. <laughs> very salty. It's just such a relic, like a movie spawn. This, I don't know. Maybe there's other... Oh, a gums. bad movie in retrospect. <laughs> it's like, like a backdraft cafe being downtown <laughs> East Village. It's just so weird that Bubba Gump... Are there other Back Bubba Gump trips? cafe. What is it all like? You, you know, like it's an open plan kitchen so you can see them just like flambéing everything. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so strange. Kurt Russell. Something it. comes by every now and then, you're just like hey, with the fire extinguisher, just put everything, put the grease fires out. Steel Magnolia's brunch. <laughs> that was, so I bet that's a delicious, delicious southern brunch. That would be nice, and everybody can get some juice so they don't go in. There. Yeah, drink your juice, Shelby. Drink your juice, Shelby. <laughs> that's what that's a cocktail. If you don't drink it, yeah, you're going drink to your shock. juice, Shelby. <laughs> Shelby, drink your juice. <laughs> Uh, are there other Bubba Gumps though? I need to know this. Yeah, there's just a one bunch. It's a it's based in in Houston, I think, or Dallas. 
And yeah, it's a bunch of California. Dallas, known for its pristine seafood, Absolutely. being right by the ocean like Dallas is. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Lot, all Not the shrimp boats setting know. sail from from the the harbor at Dallas. They start at the stockyards out in Fort Worth, and they go all the way. No, there's no. Yeah, You'll be that. shocked to know that there are, are uh, six of them in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I, I, I thought that the Times Square one was the only one. No, I've never seen another bubble gum. What a what a terrible state. What New York? No, Florida. <sighs> you know, you you get on these state tiers. You got hey, you, you know, on you a state you like. Like Florida a lot. <laughs> I was just thinking about on the walk here. There's no state income tax. Disney World's there. Manatees can't find those up here. That's true. Can't find them in Florida anymore either. Well. You I'd can to, if you, you're going too fast in your motorboat. I want to go to Key West. <laughs> I'd like to go to Key West. I think I, that would be a good time. But it seems like a real pain in the ass to get to. It's pretty... Where do you fly to go to Key West? Does it have an airport? It has or? an airfield. Okay. Yeah, but you can also Actually, like, JetBlue flies there. Direct. To Key West, I Wait, believe. isn't that how JetBlue got famous? Like, isn't that what put them on the map or started the airline? It was like direct New York to Key West. That sounds I right. I think that was like a big selling point. Yeah. Our buddy Randy, uh, who's, who's been on various parts of the network <laughs> here and there, he's a big Key West guy, to no one's surprise. <laughs> And his two that makes a lot of sense. His two go-to ways, uh, with never has two nickels to rub together in his pocket, is to fly to Miami and rent a sports car to drive. To Amazing! Go over that big old yeah, bridge. Yeah, you go over that big bridge. Oh, oh my god! Or to fly to like Fort Myers, and I think you can take one of those like puddle hoppers to oh, go sure. over there. You Key West, West. Uh, also a big uh, JetBlue hub. Not, not only does Key West have an airport, but it's an international airport. So I think getting to it is actually pretty easy. You'd think that would be an important step if you're a tourism hub. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but such a tiny little island like out there. It's, it's My favorite strange. place that I've ever been in Florida was uh, last year of high school. A friend of mine's mom had a vacation rental out in Seaside, Florida, which is where they filmed the Truman Show. Uh, so I just got to walk around and kind of another see the classic. Scenes. Yeah, and it was it was a lot of fun. They originally wanted to release that movie by having like cameras in the theaters and cut to the people watching the movie and really freak them out, but they could never figure it out. And I've always <laughs> loved that idea. That's something we should try to get done someday. Just cut to someone listening in their bathroom. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> huh? I'm talking to you, John. Did you know the Truman Show was based on a true story? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to hold that in joke because I thought you'd be like, really? <laughs> they, it's now, and I, I was listening to a thing about how it's out now, kind of like an unofficial name for an official diagnosis. Like people, you know, people come in and say, "I, I think I'm, my life has been made a TV show. I'm being watched. Like I think you're all actors, and it's a psychiatric diagnosis, and it's like unofficially called like the Truman Show. The Truman Show. Yeah, because and it's, I mean, there's a whole. It's I think funny. there's a whole like this. American Should listen. On it. So, so you don't listen to Get in the Trunk season three. Episode one. I don't have a Patreon subscription. <laughs> oh, Damn it, Matthew. Here Keeps coming back to that. Always it? the excuse. Right. Listen, oh. a, I don't ask for much. It's a write-off. It's a write-off. You can write it off. I don't like the Truman Show, though, because I feel that it unfairly overshadows what is, in my opinion, the superior movie about the beginnings of reality TV phenomenon, which is Ed TV. I knew you were going to say that. 
Yep. I remember that. I did. And I did. At Blockbuster. Isn't that Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Did, did yeah. they come out at the same time or Ed TV was a couple months before or no, no it was a TV series? Uh, no, Ed TV came out in 98. Really? I think. They did make a TV show of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed TV is 99. 99. Truman Show is 98, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> well. Truman Show is 98. So maybe, so Ed TV. It's a, I'm just saying it's a better movie. I'm just saying it's a better movie. Right. But it did piggyback. It, well, I think it was in production far longer than Truman Show was, given its budget. The Truman Show was <laughs> originally a spec script inspired by a 1989 episode of The Twilight Zone. Oh, I love Ooh. it. Ooh. Ed TV was directed by Ron Howard, written by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel. <laughs> I love that name. I never seen that Ooh, name before. They write a lot of his movies. Yeah, they wrote uh, oh, City Slickers. I was watching that the other night. Yeah, they're they're quite well. The League of Their Own. Wow, wow. How's City Slickers? Does that hold up? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's curious, uh, but only because I hate Billy Crystal now. So, so why were you watching City Slickers? <laughs> because I like Jack Palance, but he dies in the movie, and then after that, I was like, why am I still watching? This? Spoilers. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, the, the other delightful thing about Jack Palance. Is his Oscar acceptance speech yes. for, that, for that movie? We did the push-ups. We did the push-ups. One-handed. Yeah. I'm very excited that I cannot remember how this banter started at this point. <laughs> Normally, I, it's, there's a thread. But I this think we've had not, thirty topics. It was it Christmas. Is. Twilight Show still holds up. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, yeah. Mostly the Twilight, Twilight Show. show. Twilight, Twilight Show still holds up. <laughs> that too. That too the Twilight Show sounds like the the, uh, the failed <laughs> spin-off of Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> or Rose gets her own show. Actually, show. there is a spin-off of Golden Girls, isn't it? Like, don't they like open a hotel or something? No. Well, Empty Nest is a spin-off yeah. of Golden Girls, That's technically, right. isn't it? Right. I watched that show. I watched some yeah, Empty Nest. I, I never show. liked it as much as Golden Girls. Didn't no, the no. Uh, the actor that played Joe Asuzu was on that? David Leisure. David Leisure, yeah. yeah. He was like very popular. For Graham, he was. He was. He was. <laughs> I feel like we were at a live show and we came down for, for lunch before a show one day and Grant was like, I was watching things on TV and... Golden Girls is a really great I show. I stand by Golden Girls. I will follow Golden Girls into the jaws of hell. That is a great show. It is a good show. It I've is. been watching it, too. It's it's awesome. Christy McNichol was on Empty Nest. Mm. Really? What? <laughs> no, was she? She is. She, was, she yeah. is. You're absolutely right. She's second build. Wow. I didn't remember that. <laughs> she She's the one that leaves. that gives them an Empty Nest, right? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she comes back every once in a while to check in on her parents' problems. And what's it? Mulligan? The uh, Richard, Richard, Richard Mulligan, Richard Mulligan, Mulligan yeah. who was on I knew I knew from Soap, which is maybe one of the best five or six sitcoms of all time. I a think. lot of actors came out of Soap. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see what actors will survive this episode. The 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 players that you have are played by actors. Golden Palace. <laughs> this is the first, oh, yes, Golden this is the Palace. First it's okay. I didn't have a good segue anyway. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking a lot about this episode because we actually, uh, Curtain Raised, recorded this a few weeks ago. So the listening audience hasn't had a chance to uh, listen, <clears throat> complain about it. Um, and a really interesting thing I got into because we, we had a little debate about the uh, dispelling of deeper darkness. So I've had some time to look into it. And uh, not surprisingly, the uh, the boards are pretty divided on it. But I will say the majority of people agree with your assessment of it, uh, that you should be able to just dispel an area. And me reading into the targeting of dispel is perhaps uh, reading too much into that. But... 
I want to open up a little early discussion here before we jump back into this very, very dangerous combat about about rules in general, because I, first of all, I'll just say I'm keeping it the way that I've, uh, <laughs> that I've ruled it. Well, let's have a discussion. <laughs> but yeah, bear in mind, this I'm really interested in no, no actual, really interested in all of your opinions on this decision I've already made. Uh, well, the, the opinions I'm interested on is like, at what point do you massage the rules, uh, in a way that you think is best for each encounter or each moment. Um, to me, I thought that that was a good. Uh... <laughs> well, I'm just going to watch an episode of Girls <laughs> rather than this. listen to this. <laughs> I thought it was a good interpretation at this level of the game to be like, no, you got to spend three rounds working on Detect Magic to pinpoint the source of it so you can dispel that target. And I thought your argument was good, but I just thought it would make a more interesting combat. Uh, to add a little wrinkle in there. And like, now I'm fully aware that characters could die because of that decision, but I'm okay with it because that's the decision, uh, that I've made. And I think that the rules are there to be, to be massaged to do what you think is going to be best. And I, it took me a few years to, to learn (laughs) that. And it was in talking to our buddy Jason Bowman, who like oftentimes will say like, the guy who created the game basically is like, the rules are there. Use the ones you like, and since it's a rule that you don't like, throw it out. Play the game that you want to play. And it's taken me a while to to realize that. And and uh, I don't know. I just, it had to be your good buddy Jason Bolton. Had to be my not good your buddy. good buddy Joe O'Brien. Well, I tend to listen to what you say and do the exact opposite the, for safety's for sake. Instinct. For the instinct. good buddy who also basically created Pathfinder 2.0, who uh, disagrees with you very strongly about the use of hero points in that system, and who oh, you directly clash with. That's true. He's but the, he's the one contradicting himself by saying that. Uh, but he's here, saying it's so crucial and so critical to the game. At to that the point. balance of the yep. yeah. Are you interested in balance? Balance so, in all things. Balance in in these games. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the do more. Do you like I, to pitch it against the players uh, more? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I think so. Uh, probably to a fault. I mean, the advantage is in the, on the player side. Ultimately, even though you have total control, if you were to if you were to just go after us to the point where we lose every time, it would be no fun to play. So, ultimately, the players do have a baked in advantage. Yeah, yeah. And like sometimes I make encounters seem like they're death defying when I know you guys are going to squash them just because I'm amping it up for the show. Uh, but I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing to to navigate, especially at the end of the game here where I know I only have so many encounters left. Yesterday, I put into my hero lab the remaining encounters, possible encounters for this book, and I'm like, wow, this show is almost over. Uh, There's just not a whole lot left, and you may not do everything. Now, there's a lot of other things besides just encounters and monsters and and battles left to finish this story, but in looking at these final uh, few encounters, it's actually been more... Uh, stressful than fun. Honestly, sometimes I I come in. I'm just like, uh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because I don't want to fuck it up. You know what I mean? And it's not because I care about people bitching about the rules. People that care more about the rules, they still listen every single week. Uh, that's all I care about. Um, it's just that I want to do justice 
to the end of this story. I don't want you to go into a, a battle with, with these, these final great encounters and have you just mash them because I fucked something up. But also, I don't want to just kill one of you because I fucked something up. And so that brings us to this encounter. I, I, I don't think I fucked something up. I think I just made a, a GM decision. That's something I, I, I have to do from time to time, to, especially to keep things moving for a show. But like, I do realize that it could end up, uh, yeah, killing it, it. just, uh, <laughs> just a matter of severity of the decision you're making, right? Like yeah. this was where you got flack for making Baron misfire for so high of a range. Like yeah. that's a statistically an enormous thing. So making the decision that deeper darkness or whatever the spell is, is targeted and not something that can be dispelled, even though it's affecting an area mm. is an incredibly momentous choice. It was also made in ignorance of the actual rule rather than being <laughs> like a deliberate choice. Well, I, I, I that I would disagree with because I think that um, we were reading it's left it, right? interpretation and like no one. Uh, it wasn't so strong that you were like, no, you're wrong. It's this. It was like, oh, I could see what you're saying. I don't agree with it. But, well, maybe uh, it's ignorance. I think it's made in ignorance, possibly of our ability to overcome such a challenge. Which yeah. I think that you think we always have something for everything. But in this case, dispel magic was the only thing we have. And so then right. it's like. Also, you didn't know that we had that. We've never used it before. And this is like Skid and I. Well, it's after a third that level episode, spell, right? Skid and I got into a discussion of this at dinner because we went to go see Dune that night. It was, oh, lo- it was a lovely Oh, yeah. Night. That was a nice evening. By the way, <laughs> highly recommend going to see Dune with Skid because for most of the movie, he was just so purely delighted it was made, he crying a lot i didn't go, i didn't look that close i wanted to give him his space but he did like he would like something would happen and he just could like get like caught up in a fit of like joy yeah but it was just truly just be like smashing my thigh with my fist yes. and like clapping and stuff i, I did and, the same thing i was very uh reactive in those co- <laughs> in those kind yeah. of ways sitting next to my wife on the couch uh, watching it on hbo and she just kept slowly looking like, yeah. i bet you love with that. just such distaste <sighs> but anyway we were talking about it and the thing that we were pointing out is that without the ability to use the spell magic you've essentially reduced the encounter to a one spell encounter so it can like if you have daylight oh right right yeah then yeah. you can fight back but right. if you don't that's you it. Can't. Yeah. And this is not uh, uh, an indictment of you. It's an indictment of the system. And it goes all the way back to original D and D. And what I, what I love about blades, for example, mm. is this, is this concept of, uh, preparing, making characters prepare for the complete unknown. And when they don't prepare properly, they die or they get mm-hmm. really devastated by it. Um, I would prefer the challenge to come in other ways because if your character is perfectly capable of casting a magical spell from their God called daylight, mm-hmm. uh, why can't they just cast it when they need it mm-hmm. and only yeah. uh, only have access like to a certain God amount of times per day? Hours. The God has office hours. <laughs> right. You have to call them between like the you know twelve and th- four in the a.m. Yeah, and if you if you if you miss them, then that's it. You have to get them the next day. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's a matter of imbalance. And I think that having access to all of it immediately swings it too far the other way, and you got to figure out a way to balance it out again. And I get all that. I'm just saying it's more fun. It to is be, more to have fun. access to more stuff and only use what you need. You I know? think. It it also shows incredible integrity on your part because you don't send a wax seal letter of your spells to Troy that you've prepared before every recording. Yeah, well, I, now that I play a mid-level cleric in Skid's game, it I don't even enjoy 
choosing my spells. I'm just yeah. like, oh, the cleric, I don't care. I, I like, I'm not going to so daunting. Yeah. And yeah. every day you basically just have to prepare for the most part, the most broadly mm-hmm. usable spells. Yeah. Unless you have a specific idea of what you're going to be getting into the next day. Right. Which if you don't have a proper rogue or you have a GM like Troy, it doesn't let rogues really do their thing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, find out all the Intel in advance. The spellcasters don't, I mean, clerics well, don't have to prepare all their spells. They can wait, but like, yeah. in this case, minutes. we wouldn't know. Yeah, we wouldn't know at the time of combat, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, clerics in original D&D and uh, moving forward to 3.5 had like the first uh, sense of what it would feel like to own Netflix in 2021. Just like this, this tyranny <laughs> yeah. of choice yeah. every day when you wake up. And yeah. that's been the nice thing kind of about being an inquisitor is that I'm kind of locked in. And there are times I wish I had other spells. But at least every time we rest, I'm not just like pulling my hair out. Like, mm-hmm. what do I prep? Yeah, yeah. That, or just picking a nice. list that I go with unless someone gets cursed or some other like type of event like that. Well, happens. it kind of goes back to our old ruling of, you know, you only prepare like your highest level of spells. Yes. I love that house rule. It was really fun. It was a it's, fun house rule. It's definitely like overpowered, though. It is based on for sure the rules, yeah. but but it is it does make things way more fun. I also think yeah. I also think it would be my highest level of spells. I think uh, daylight. I'm not sure, but um, I don't want to get this too far into uh, what sounds like. Uh, no, it is not my highest level spell. So in our old house rule, I could have cast daylight. So uh, I don't want this to sound like it's just bitching and complaining um, because. I'm very interested in this encounter right yep. now, and yeah. I'm very excited about it because you know what? There are a lot of ways we could have been prepared for this, and we just weren't. It's mm-hmm. not only daylight or dispel magic or greater dispel magic. Um, there's true seeing. There, you know what I mean? Like, I well, true seeing what you see through deeper darkness. Does I mean, that's darkness? how are they seeing? I believe true seeing would. It does. It allows yes. you to see. It. I mean, it's these dark. creatures. Is it dark vision plus true seeing that allows them to see in deeper, deeper, deeper darkness? Uh, 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 true seeing. I think true, true seeing allows you to see through magical darkness. Uh, yes. Okay. That's, that's what I'm assuming yeah, is the only does. way these creatures could possibly see us. It's kind of like when you're playing poker and like uh, you're waiting for the river. You've got X amount of outs. There were X amount of outs here. I just took one away from you by not allowing to spell magic. Right. But there's, you know. True seeing is a very high level spell. Yeah, we, yeah. but I'm saying, uh, I'm saying in the encounter design, not Troy's anything, and not our party. In the encounter design, there's plenty of ways to get over this. As if you're while you're writing it, you know, if you have a, a, a wizard that's 15th level, you can have true seeing. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, and even dispel magic allows a roll, so it's not guaranteed. Oh no, it's definitely not guaranteed, and it would be a hard mm-hmm. roll because it's because. Yeah, the, the cast level of that guy is probably going to be really high. For me, and I've obviously had the hindsight of being able to think about this and retroactively sort of adapt my reasoning for it, um, which I have the benefit of. Uh, so you have to take this with a grain of salt. Like a lot of times, monsters will have exceptional supernatural or spell-like abilities that you can look up in the book that this is what they are. But this monster will be like, but theirs functions like this, which makes it even harder. Like you cannot do X to it. Um, you cannot blah, blah, blah. So in my mind, it was like just making it specific that like you need to be able to see where it was to the deeper darkness was cast on yeah. to spell it. But no, I, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I will, I have no problem with doing something like that. I'm just worried that this is, a, this, the consequences of this might be so severe that it might rest on that decision. Right, right. So, yeah. but on casting yeah. daylight, by the way, before we return to that idea of the gravity of that situation, 
Would you require daylight to be cast on the source of the darkness still? Or would you just because then that's affecting no. an area and not an individual. Do you know what I mean? It's two like auras canceling each other out at that point. I like, think so. Like daylight supersedes daylight on your yeah. on on Sir Will's lance, it would start emanating and overpowering the darkness. So it's similar to like Bless and Bane, right? Like their auras that counteract one another. Right, right, right. It's similar to light and darkness. Okay. So like darkness supersedes light, but, uh, and then deeper darkness is higher level. And then the highest level, I believe, is daylight. I think the highest level. Yeah. And, but it would look like a Venn diagram. Deeper darkness and daylight. It would look like a Venn diagram. Like if Sir Will cast it on his lance, it would only emanate 60 feet from there and would cut into wherever it cut into the darkness. So it then would behoove you to try and get as close to the source as possible to reveal. Uh, yes, you still have to hunt him down and find him. Yeah, yeah. I they're, don't know. They're I, both third level. However, Daylight specifically says it, it counters any darkness of magical darkness of equal or lower level. Yes. yes. I mean, that's what light in real life Light conquers darkness, so mm-hmm. it's the same. It's true. Makes sense. It's always two sides there are. It's tricky. It's, <laughs> it's, it's real tricky. You know, this times I'm playing a skids game where I'm like, I know that he is doing that rule differently than the way it's written in the book. Mm-hmm. So the be- all I can do is be like, I don't think that's right, but then Skid's going to make the ruling and it's his game, and you'll never hear me complain again. Now, I'm not asking you to not complain, because I, I enjoy these discussions, and I think what one of the things people used to enjoy about our show, at least, was that it feels like a real home game. And in moments like this, we would stop everything and we would talk about it. Um, I, I, I don't think well, what we just did was complaining, though. No, 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 no. and that, I, that's what I'm trying to say. And, You're yeah, not complaining. I think yeah. the difference is... I think that you tend to have a more like lawful evil GMing style, mm-hmm. whereas I'm more of a neutral, neutral good GMing style. I agree. So you position yourself as an antagonist more than I do, so that you'll get more pushback for stuff like that than I will. Yeah, no, example. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, yeah, because also no one ever complains about the way you change things. So. I change stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah you, but you I'm also like, for the most part, openly rooting for you guys to succeed. Right, right. In a right. way that Troy doesn't. And you do. still kill characters. And, and uh, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's a really good point. So I it's a, it's a weird it's a weird place to be in, especially right now where Metra is probably one hit away from death. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a really uh, sticky, sticky situation. And how many points of strength and dex damage did you take from that failed fortitude save for the wrenching spasms? I didn't know I was wrenchingly spasming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have four and four. Four and four, yeah. I think it was a D6 each. Fortitude save was like DC 29 or something because you rolled high, but it was still impossibly high. Uh, and I, you are, If it is DC 29, I could have only succeeded on that 19 or 20. Right. Or if you had like a re-roll thing you could do. I can, but not for fortitude. Um, and you are nauseated for hours. Oh, man. I don't know if uh, you had Yeah, that. that's, uh, that's really bad. Yeah, that's very bad. Uh, how many hit points you got there, Mentor? Uh... Why do you ask? Well, I just think for the audience to know. I have 66 hit points. 66, and he's regularly doing 48. Um, He's got multiple attacks, uh, whatever this he or it is. If you bring my strength to zero, I die, right? That would be constitution you die, strength. I think you just go incapacitated. Or is strength zero death? No, it's just incapacitated. Okay. Unconscious. Con zero is death. Um, there are some effects is like if this blah, blah, I think it's like a undead ability. If your strength gets to zero from this touch, you die. Um, can't remember that's a revenant maybe anyways, uh, bad situation. You know that there is combat reflexes involved as well. So that, uh, 
You don't want to provoke. There's a lot going on in this darkness. You've already eliminated one enemy that was like an invisible type thing. Baron, you can see invisible? Yes, I can see invisible right now. I said to you guys before we started that this really could only be done this well on roll 20 because now you can't even see yourselves on the map. Um, it came up, blocked the doorway. You feel this hulking presence right next to you. Somebody just moved Ooh, out of shit. the darkness. Sorry, no, that was me. I was just trying to zoom out and I didn't hit the button. Who did you move? Uh, Nestor. I can't even control anything. Uh, yeah, I, well, I can't see it. Any, oh, wait. Anybody? I found him. Oh, so press, limits. Ah. Pre- press command Z. See if he goes back. I did. It didn't work. Press again. Okay. I know where he is. Um, so yeah, <laughs> take a screenshot now in Dude. case we move something. Yeah, I know. Troy, like, hey, don't move. You in. cast a spell. You even, you can't see <laughs> this is a problem. I want to, I want to see through your eyes. Uh, I just screenshot it just in case, but yeah, you guys can't even see where you are. One thing we didn't even talk about last time because I don't think it really came into play was that you're all flat footed as well from this thing. Uh, there's no real difference. You were hitting me every time. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we just gotta, I think we just gotta play. Well, you can definitely hear Metra cause she's going, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Continuously, you know exactly where she is. <laughs> oh boy! Well, here we go. It was the last one to go, and it's Baron's turn. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, can I? Uh, oh, can I jump in here? Can I free action to speak? Um, you can speak, and actually, uh, Nestor did delay, so Nestor could go at any time, but you know, he, he, the reason he delayed was this exact situation. You don't know what to do. You don't know if you're within reach of this thing. Probably mm-hmm. are. Uh, and you can't attack something you can't feel. Metra could, because it just hit her. Yeah, where is it in relation to me? Right towering over you. And me, too. Uh, yeah, because Sir Will is uh, 10 feet and just to the back. Uh, to the south of Metra, so you feel this hulking presence as well. You so know, I say, Sir Will is ten feet away from Metra. You're ten feet away from Metra. Yeah. We're all gonna die. <laughs> uh, okay. So I would just like to free out. Once this darkness consumes us, Baron, I don't even remember where you are. You and Nessa are behind. I was a little bit further. Right, you're back you. in. Yeah, the you know, I can actually because this darkness just came up, so I could show you where you were. Okay, just so you have a okay. sense. Uh, look at that little block. That's where you oh, were. Oh wow! Uh, so Metra is right outside the door, and then ten feet down and over is Sir Will, and then 10 feet behind Metra is Baron, and right behind Baron is Nestor. Um, that's where you were before you were enveloped. Okay. Uh, enveloped. Okay. Five foot step. Well, yeah, I mean, basically we have to get out of here, so Sir Will is going to, he's going to call the retreat once the darkness okay. comes over us, and he's just going to say, we must fall back! Metra, if you can get us out of here, quickly do it! Baron Nestor, either stay close or run! And uh, Metro calmly that's replies. That's what going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what she means. I, I can make it so she can get us out of here, but like, I don't know if she can get in to touch range of you guys or how that's going to work. So either you could just start running, but either way, I need you to get us out of here. I can do that. 
if you help me. What is the initiative order currently? I know it's been a week, mm-hmm. several weeks mm-hmm. for us as several you have pulled us. back the curtain at the beginning of the episode. Um, here's what you know. You know <laughs> that uh, Nestor is delaying, uh-huh. so he can act whenever. Uh, you know it's your turn, Baron. And after Nestor will be Sir Will, and then Metra before whatever is in the darkness gets to go again. But don't forget, there were also other enemies that were shooting fire at you. That all see through deeper darkness as well. Yeah, Yeah. and when I rolled a crit against Metra, you were like, uh, I can't remember what you did. You, like, negated the crit because you you said you were invisible or something, and they could have seen you. He got off scot-free. Ethereal plane? Were you on the ethereal or were you invisible? I don't remember. Yeah, you ether she, she did ether step. Yeah, but yeah. this was before the ether step. Anyways, I edited it. All right, uh, because of and you know, based off of what I've heard about people trying to get away from this unseen enemy, not knowing if it's a person, a monster, a demon, uh, it seems like it has reach all over the place and can like reach out to attack. We're worried about combat reflexes, so Baron is going to take a swift action and cast burst of speed on himself. Take care of it. Sir Will. We will fall back and reset. Uh, and that should allow him, that gives him an additional 20 feet, uh, so he should have... Um, and we're hasted, aren't we? Yep. So that'll give him 60 feet of movement in a standard move, which should allow him to step backwards. If he steps into a wall, he'll use another couple feet to kind of find the opening and get out into this area. All right, so to go back into uh, the previous hallway. Now, swift action won't provoke. Nope, and this uh, spell itself makes it to where none of my movement after casting it will provoke. So I am clear to get out of this room. Okay, all right. Well, that is huge because you were in range of provoking. Oh, my God. Now, the question is, how much of my movement is... uh, is my movement half in darkness? Yes, you have to make an acrobatics check, right? To move faster Mo- than half speed. Faster than half speed. So I have 30 feet to get back. But it's you're fine. Yeah, you're at this level. I think great. it's a DC 10 acrobatics. Yeah, okay. Great. Which you make with ease. I think you've got probably a acrobatics plus, plus 20. Yeah, so you're fine. Uh, so, but just calculate the speed. Oh, yeah, so once I, you make I, I that, can, you can move full speed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how far back can you go? Uh, 60 feet. 60 feet. All right, so you are actually right in the doorway, is as far as you can go. Okay. Um, I will go ahead and move you. That's 60 feet. I want to... You can move anywhere in front of that, I will say, but you can't move beyond the door from where you are standing. Okay. um, I want to cast a a spell um, to... Well, I already used my swift action. Dang it. Um, let's see what else I can get Also, on. make sure you can you can definitely move 60 feet. Oh, because of haste. Yeah. Why don't you yeah. just double move? Yeah, I'm going to double move backwards. I was just making sure I couldn't cast another more. I thought you had help. already double moved. I was like, that's not that far. But no. That's good. No. That's good. So I'm through this uh, smaller kind of doorway than what the doors what that I remember being double doors opening there. Yeah. What was in this room originally? Was it empty? It's just like pews. Uh, benches in that previous room. Oh no, this is where we fought the cloud giants. Yeah, the, when That's they right. went, uh, battle on two fronts. Yes. Yeah. All right, that is Baron's turn. He is ready. You can see him kind of if he flips to a page ever to remind himself the healing spells of the Church of Torag. He is doing that now. Okay. So Baron gets out of there, doesn't provoke, and it is. Someone else's turn. Did I 
Was I holding? Was I delaying? You were holding. You can go. I want to. I want to go then. Okay. What I, I? You know what I'd love to do? Where's Metra in relation to Nestor right now? Uh, Metra is uh, about fifteen feet in front of you. Okay. You so saw her come right through the door, and then this thing came right afterwards and enveloped you all in dark. Okay. I was hoping we were next to each other, in which case I would have tried to grab her and pull her out with me. But Nestor is. He's just gonna. He is also gonna double move and get out to where Baron is. Okay, so that's a full withdrawal, which won't provoke. Yeah. Okay, because Nestor too was in provoking ranch. Yeah. Uh, well, right. the first square that's provoked won't provoke, right? Or no, it's the same action. Can't provoke twice. What was it? Correct. It would only provoke once. But okay. uh, where where Nestor is, so he, if he did a full withdrawal in that first square, he, it's only the first square he can avoid. That's protected. If the by next him. square, yeah, right. still in range, he could take a swing. Right, and Nestor is fine from where he is. Beautiful. So he is able to get out without provoking. How many Ooh. feet can you move? You can make the acrobatics. So how many feet? Sixty. Uh, one hundred twenty feet. Oh, one hundred twenty. So you can go anywhere you want uh, out. Uh, where Baron is. Yeah, I'll run out. When I uh, clear the darkness, I see Baron, and I'll just run up next to him. All right, so... I'll With supernatural speed. Uh, right next to Baron, you've moved 75 feet, so you can now uh, see yourself and move anywhere else you like. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, honestly, I think you could move further. Yeah. I mean, your bow has such range. It's yeah. Like, back us all up. Yeah. Know? The other uh, thing you could do is close the door. Uh, I don't want to seal you in there, though. No, he can't when he's doing a full withdraw. It's his entire true. action. That's true. So you move next to Baron and then moved another 10 feet back. Yeah. And, I, and I should say Burst But you could. I'm going to. Oh, wait. No. my uh, I was right about the 20. I forgot that my uh, chainmail is Mithril. So it counts as light armor. The Burst of Speed only gives a 10-foot bonus to people wearing medium armor. But because of the properties of Mithril, I received the full 20. Light as a feather. And hard. Hard as scales. scales. Oh, God. Yes! <laughs> Troy is the worst, <laughs> worst. Was that uh, John Ralphio? <laughs> yeah, John Ralphio. <laughs> the worst. At that moment, in the darkness, Metra feels little fire coming her way. Oh, Ranged touch attack to hit. Jeez. All right, that is going to be... A 19 against touch. <gasps> that hits my touch, but you have to consider the images. I do. Consider the image. Consider, if you will, <laughs> the image. This is my art history oratory, which I will give over the next two hours. Well, this is a mistake I made last week, because uh, this creature also has truth seeing. <gasps> so you don't have to consider the images. I don't. Well, I considered it, but I'd like to move on. Uh... So it does hit. There's yeah. nothing you can do to prevent it. Not while I'm not while I'm nauseated. Yes. Um, this concludes. Consider the image. <laughs> a scorching ray hits you oh, for. Yeah. Oh my god! Really, really bad. Twelve points of fire damage. Only uh, one ray. One ray. I have energy resistances as a Kyle. Let me just find them. You have to have fire, don't you? Come on, electricity. I don't know where it is. So many things on Hero Lab at high level play. <laughs> I'll figure out. It's twelve. It's twelve points. It doesn't kill me. Twelve points of fire. Okay. Uh, I'll figure out what my, my what my resistances are. Yeah, I did something last week, and it was. I think I crit you with a spell, and you were like images. I was like, God, and I forgot. True saying. I'm pretty sure it burns away the nausea, though. You're clear. My, yeah. Did I, yeah. Uh, 
All right, 12 points of fire damage. Uh, Sir Will, a ranged touch attack now comes at you. Damn it, just electricity and cold. Oh, no. Ooh, so I'll take you're lucky. I should have sent this one to you, too. But let's let's get Sir Will a little uh, burnt. 24 against touch. Uh, that hits. Ooh, boxcars on the first 2d6. Another boxcar and a five. So three sixes and a five. That might have taken Metra out. Uh, 23 points of damage. 18 Fuck. plus five. 23 points of fire damage to Sir Will. Fuck. You felt something in the darkness fly past you and shoot uh, scorching rays at each of you. Are they on the other side of you now? Thus provoking if you move? I don't know. Sir Will, you're up to end the round. Uh, following Metra's gagging, he's going to take a five-foot step up to Metra. <sighs> Diagonal or straight north? Whichever way he doesn't sense a creature. Whichever in way you would if you were tactically playing. <laughs> okay, so you just go straight up and not towards the creature. But you're now t- able to touch Metra. Able to touch Metra, and he's going to reach out and uh, lay on hands. Metra. Okay. Does that provoke? No. Can it? <laughs> you said no, and then you made a little thing. I did a little shrug, because I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Does uh, lay on hands provoke an attack of opportunity? Uh, using lay on hands requires a successful melee attack. Oh, that's if you're using it to negative and doesn't provoke an attack. Uh, laying hands on another. Yeah, it, I re- it doesn't say in there that it does. No, it does not provoke. Supernatural uh, ability. So 28 points of healing. <laughs> that's very helpful. And that's very good. Uh, he is going to. Uh, th- and through that comes a mercy that relieves you of the nauseated condition. Oh, oh, oh. yes. Maybe. A mercy? A mercy. Nice. Yes. Oh, mercy, oh, mercy, mercy. High-level pally, John. Yeah, when you, you use go. your lay on hands ability, it also removes the nauseated condition. Excellent. Amazing. Uh, so you a should be good. Missions, right? Uh, right about time, Metra. Now's the time. Oh you can feel this hulking beast in the dark. Huge. You wouldn't have been able to cast a spell? No. All I could have done is take a single move action and provoke. Well, here we go. Are you done, Sir Will? I'm done. That's it is your turn, Metra. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Metra is going to grab Sir Will. I'll roll to cast defensively. I automatically get it, mm-hmm. but I'll roll anyway. Natty 13. And we will dimension door ourselves. Yeah! Nice! Just inside the room with Baron and Esther, just inside the door. Oh, man. Okay. And then Metra will reach out and close the door. Move on. <laughs> so you. Dimension door. Wow. Just inside, and then you close <laughs> the door. Okay. Okay. And we didn't even talk about this ahead of time. This no. is like. But now they're going to have to open the door to get to us. Yes. That helps. All right. It is now someone else's turn. Oh, God. I hate all of them. Mm, man. Okay. I almost wish we had gone to the other room and closed those doors. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The room that's clogged with the bodies of dead cloud giants. <laughs> yeah, that giant porcine monstrosity. Mm. Uh, 
Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> Metro is significantly less dexterous than she usually is. Not significantly, but definitely less. It is Baron's turn. Metra, do you need healing or would you like your current physical body to be restored? Healing. All right. Uh, I, I have it, sir. I'll take care of her. Stand back. Ready yourself for damage. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay. Plug, plug the hole <laughs> whenever that door opens. See, that's the interesting thing. As I have a scroll that I, I don't think is meant to be used for this. I want to have stone wall, but what I have are scrolls of stone shape. Mm. Stone shape is so vaguely worded about being able to recreate stone into like objects and things you want. Um, what is it? You can form any existing piece of stone into any shape that suits your pers- pur- uh, purpose. Possible to make crude coffers, doors, and so forth. Fine details, impossible. It's not on my spell list, so it'd be a big UMD thing, and then it really doesn't fit to do what I want to do, which is just to block off this door and give us time. I mean, you, I have the liar of building on me. That takes time to activate, though, I believe. You have to play it, and... Do we have 20 minutes? It's 30 minutes to do the work of 100 humans laboring for three days. So what what, what can 100 humans do in... Six seconds? In six seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question, Troy. <laughs> yeah. What good? do you rule 100 humans can do in six, six seconds? They each get, no, but they each get their own six seconds. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so what are you trying to do? Just bar- you're trying to block this door. Yeah, to give us some time to like move on and escape. But uh, yeah. if that's not the issue, I mean, I can take a five-foot step and swift action, call down a judgment, and move on. You could also like touch the ground and shape it so that like a big block comes up in front of the door. You have stone, awesome. you have stone shape? I, we have scrolls of stone shape, but it's not in my spell list, and I don't have any points in uh, uh, use magic device, so it would be just a huge gamble anyway. It was just a cool thing I was talking out loud. No, it is a cool idea. Um, I mean, you have to deal with a 50% mischance, but you could also just delay. And if something opens that door, you know something's right on the other side I can of it, fi- you could just unload. I can five-foot step and uh, take a swift action and still ready in action, right? Yeah, but if you ready in action, you can only take one shot. Right. But if you delay and wait till somebody opens the door and ends their turn, you can then take a f- your full five, six shots, whatever it is, into the darkness. And anybody that comes through is going to have to move to the door to open and then open the door and then be done. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, because the one thing he couldn't do is interrupt that turn. But yeah, they would, by definition, have to end their turn by opening the door. So you would know exactly what So I can't were. even five foot step if I delay. Correct. But you can five foot step after you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, but, but uh, if you feel like this swift action is really important and you should do it, then then do it. I'm just giving you one other idea to think about. I don't know what your swifty is that you're thinking of the judgment. Uh, it's judgment, so I can just pull down a greater degree of protection and damage out of me. It's just buffing myself to get ready for that moment. But you could also do I that. I do that during my after I delay. Yeah. All right, so then I will delay, and uh, if it ticks around back to the next round, and I haven't taken it, um, I'll just wait and see. All right. It is Nestor's turn. Nestor is... He's going to do the same thing. He's just going to delay. Okay. Uh, Sir Will. By the power of Iomade, Metra, we need you to stay in this fight. Hold off a little longer. This will only... This will feel like everything has healed. But I'm afraid it's merely an illusion. But it'll give you what you need to stay up right now. And he's going to cast this 
wild spell uh, that I've never haven't cast yet, uh, uh, and I've had uh, sitting in my back pocket called Stalwart. Uh, it is a level four paladin spell. Uh, you bring a reeling, unconscious, exhausted, or sorely wounded creature back to full hit points, fresh vigor, and inspired courage. You lose every condition under the sun. <laughs> you lose all ability damage. Wow. And you are at full hit points. What is this? Uh, stalwart. Wow. Wait, stalwart. so the strength wow. and the dex is healed as well? It's all temporary. It's all for 15 oh. rounds. Wow. Amazing. Oh, man. So Steal yourself. Yeah. So I'm at full hit points, no conditions. and But keep track of where you're But you have to write down, are. literally write on a piece of paper I bet you, what your damage we'll was. We'll see. The, test the limits of Hero Lab and just add Stalwart. Uh, yes. Could you imagine? <laughs> that would be amazing. It takes a, 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 a picture of your character at that moment. <laughs> Spell I want to call the uh, the lady or the guy that developed the uh, that uh, part of the app. <laughs> that <laughs> no, I can't do it. So call call them personally. We just right. want to thank you. That personally. was really well done. Uh, so just make a note of your current ability damage and your current hit points, because when the spell ends, no matter what happens to you in the interim, when the spell ends, you return to one hit point higher than the hit points you have right now, <laughs> and all your ability damage wow. comes back. All right, I'm currently at 82 hit points. Uh, and minus four dex and minus four strength, but I'm going to take all that away and heal myself to full. That's a cool spell. That's, That's a really great cool. boss fight spell. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, ju- I mean, I thought it was it's amazing. It's almost like uh, uh, the good guy version of Orc Ferocity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just had it sitting here the whole time, just in the event of uh, Stalwart. Just because everything I have built here is for, like, support. You know what I mean? Like, So these function essentially like temporary hit points from a rage. Which is interesting. Uh, yes, drop but, off after but without, 15 rounds. But without the negative consequences of like wow. you being worse off when it ends. Like when yeah. it ends, you go back to what you were when it started. And I, I like that reward in terms of uh, game lore of one being the source of like rage inside of a person, the other being divine favor. Mm. Great. Yeah. Well, good round for Sir Will. Uh, that was just a stand. Stand downy. Oh, geez. Let me just see. Yeah, it is one action. So that is just a standard. Um. Yeah, he'll. You know what? He is gonna. He's. He's gonna go back. Uh, next to Baron and and uh, Sir Will, uh, just to position himself about twenty five feet from the door. So, and his plan when it opens or when the darkness starts to consume us is to uh, charge right in there. But I will also use this moment before the door opens, if it does again. To remind everyone to take a quick peek at their magic items area in case they have something they've forgotten about. I've been searching mm. through my little document. I keep things on this whole time to see if I had anything. I don't think I do. Uh, sorry, I don't go next to Baron because I remember he said he wanted to take that five-foot step. So I'm just going one step ahead of in front of Baron. All right, it comes back around to Metra. You guys are in this room that was just outside of the room that preceded the dark room. Apparently, I have a scroll of break enchantment. There you go. Ah. The rainy day scroll. Well, that... Can I use that on the deeper darkness? I don't believe so. I believe a break enchantment, I think, is for an enchantment. Yep. It only... Break enchantment can reverse... This spell... Spell frees victims from enchantments, transmutations, and curses. Okay, so yeah, the deeper darkness isn't on a particular creature. Good to have, though. It's a fifth, oh, level, fifth level John. Yeah, fourth, yeah, no, it's a great it's spell. huge to have. Um, just looking, th- I'm, I'm taking Grant's advice, which was good advice to look through her stuff. 
Let's see what that does. Oh, I have a rod of wonder, which could... Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Random rolls. Random rolls. Uh, you know what? Metro... Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I have anything that's going to help us in this situation besides dispel magic. Uh, come at Troy. Come for Troy on the boards. Uh, <laughs> so instead, I shall... I can take it. Uh, cast particulate form on all of us. Oh, oh hell yes. Awesome. So we are Phenomenal. now immune to bleed, critical hits, sneak attacks, and other forms of precision damage. And we all get fast healing one. Nope. We get fast healing two, because I'm 15, more than 15th level. And at any time, as a swift action, you can dismiss it on yourself to gain, regain 5d6 hit points. And at that point, you get an additional saving throw against any one disease or poison affecting the original spell. Great spell. That's such a phenomenal Is this under spell, spell adjustments? Dang. I think you just got to, like, remember it. Badly. Try it, though. You never yeah, know. Star Wars not on there. Um, and then Metra is going to move. Uh, let's just make sure I got a direct line of... And actually, bef- before Metro finishes, I'm going to retcon uh, just that I am going to take a swift action to lay on hands myself. Okay. Yeah, you did get hit by... Uh, that fire, man. Yeah, that 23 was, that points of fire. me off. Okay. Yep, Metro is going to stand right next to Nestor. Okay. Do I want to do one more thing? Can I do one more thing? Sure. I think we have fast healing three, if by the got way. The... You have fast healing three at this point? We're only 16th level. Exactly. At, it increases by one at 10th and 15th level. So it was oh, one at your base. One, yes. So 10. Fast healing Noise. Uh, no, Do you Metro have the will, actions available? I have a quick and meta magic rod, but I'm not going to use it right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody roll a perception check. Oh, boy. 26. Six. <laughs> uh, 41. He's just staring at the door and not thinking about anything else. <laughs> 43. Right, so Sir Will is trying to calm Lexington uh, and staring at the door. The other three of you have heard nothing in the last six seconds. There seems to be no pursuit into this room. So you've got some options here. Run and get away or try to use this opportunity to get back in the fight with the knowledge that you now have. Um... With the knowledge and I have, can we cast Dispel Magic, as the rules uh, say we can? <laughs> You're really poking the beer today. Uh, so if you want to take three rounds, here's what I'll say. I'll say that the door needs to be opened by that third round for you to target it. So I'm going to use Detect Magic for three rounds, what you're saying? Right, but here's the thing. Also, then you got to think about how far is Detect, a- detect 60 Magic? 60 feet. 60 yeah, feet. so you've moved beyond that. So you're going to have to enter that room. I and then that leaves yourself vulnerable. But yeah, I would, I would definitely uh, allow it. Um, you just got to get within 60 feet. So, for example, free Detect Magic right now. You don't detect any magic. Here's what I'm going to do. Can I roll a knowledge check on True Seeing? Yes. Arcana? Uh, yeah. Or Spellcraft? Or was, I don't know which one. Either one. Uh, I, uh, spellcraft, actually. It's a spell. Okay, 25. How are they crafted? 25. Okay. What are you interested in knowing? I want to know if they can hit me if I'm incorporeal. Incorporeal. Uh, subject can see through normal and magical darkness. Notices hidden doors. Knows the exact locations of creatures. 
under uh, blur or displacement effects, sees invisible creatures and objects normally, sees through illusions, sees the true form of polymorphed, changed, or transmuted things. Further, the subject can focus its vision to see into the ethereal plane, but not into extra-dimensional spaces. Um, What was your question? No, it's all. It's only about seeing. It doesn't. Let, about it seeing. doesn't let it hit anything. It just lets it see what you know. What's actually there? All these things can deal magical damage. So I would still take fifty percent. They're going to hit me, and I'm going to take fifty percent damage. But I could get in there as a non-corporeal thing, focus for three rounds, and then try to dispel the magic. But it's not a guarantee. That's the thing. I mean, that's sir. Will also, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, that's a long time to be standing in there concentrating when they can hit you. With oh, spells even at half stuff. damage, they even at half you damage, out. yeah. yeah. Um, but Sir Will is happy to go in and, and uh, be a bulwark here. Um, take some damage. Oh, man, imagine. Open the door. Let's do this. Rush into the darkness again. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. His lance is down. He's got this sword out. It's glowing. I mean, he's he is ready to... He, he The source of his wanting to retreat is Metra's nausea and uh, the fact that we were surprised and thrown off. But now that we know what we're in for, uh, he thinks we're armed and ready, especially with particular form right now, to take out this evil. He doesn't want to let this evil by. I will say uh, it is uh, it would be Baron's turn next, um, depending on what you do. Um, if you, how long does particular form last? Is it rounds or minutes? Uh, I believe it's rounds. Okay. Uh, Probably like 16 rounds. Right? One round per level. Yeah. So... You know, you've got enough time to get in there. My, my healing only lasts fifteen rounds either. So if we're not going to either, if we're going to fight, we got to fight now. Um, do it, do it now. I mean, I'm trying to look at area of effect spells as another option too. So I have this, I have this wand of obsidian flow. That would, you know, that's an area of effect. Presumably, they're all on the ground. They can become entangled, uh, which would help us. Uh, I say you just fire off that rod of wonder. Wand of wonder, see what happens. I mean, I also have, I was really hoping someone would open the door because I do have a, a, a wand of lightning bolt loaded in my spring yeah, sheath. I, and I could just fire and just hit anything in a line. I yeah, wish, I wish yeah. you had cloud kill. And we could just open that door yeah. and close it and just let them <laughs> choke, choke to death. It. Choke, choke, die. <laughs> democracy dies in darkness as well as whatever's in that room. <laughs> I mean, the other thing I could do is cast reverse gravity on the area in front of the door. So that no one can come through it, and we can, you know, we can try to shoot at them, shoot at them, even if they have to, even if they go up to the ceiling. It's so hard when you can't, you can't even see, you can't see anything. Yeah, I have wall of stone too, by the way. Uh, oh, well, but they're not pursuing, so not pursuing. Old stone wall, Metra. So they got it. What do you want to do? Well, I think Nestor is Nestor's pissed off. Like he hates being chased. He hates being bested. He also loves a challenge. So he he is like, I'd like to get back in there. Like if you're feeling up to it, I'd like to see what these things look like when they're not breathing. So I like Will's plan. Also, deeper darkness eventually will expire. Oh no, it's ten minutes per level. That's yeah. never gonna. That's never gonna be an option. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm gonna. Why well, don't look, we open uh, the door and I can do an obsid- I can do an obsidian flow at the far end of the uh, where we like where we left them essentially, mm-hmm. or in the center of the room. It's a twenty foot radius. 20, fo- twenty foot radius. 
That's gives that's a chance of them becoming entangled. But then we just have to stay out of that. You guys have to stay out of that, which limits what Will can do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, entangled is useless. It just, I mean, unless we're like fleeing from this thing, because it just reduces their speed by half. I mean, and oh, right, they can still move. Yeah, they can move half speed, and their speed's going to be yeah easy right. to catch up with us. The best thing. I mean, I guess I guess it gives them like a minus two to dex or something. I don't. Know. You're in, incapable of summoning creatures, right? Unless I use the Rod of Wonder. Right. <laughs> well, what would be great is to summon a creature at this high of a level that could cast daylight or see through this darkness and have true seeing on it, which is possible with certain archons and other things. Oh, yeah. We don't have Some that available to us. high-level angel that can yeah. daylight. Yeah, that's not like I can't do that. Um, I, can su- I could possibly summon a rhino. Or <laughs> a rhino, elephant, or mouse. You roll, and if you get that, then you roll again to see which one you get. <laughs> but it could also be... Oh god, there's so there's a lot of stuff that could happen that it's not great. And Let's just get a fucking fifty butterflies into the mix. <laughs> Spice is a counter for. up. Yeah. The belt of fallen heroes we got from Taiga could summon a hero that could potentially have daylight on it. And then we have that <laughs> meteorite chunk, the chunk of black diamond with strong transmutation energy. It's strange. Maybe that's reacting. I don't know. I'm trying to look because normally, like, there's something given to you. Yeah. Hey, you got to find a way to have Metra get close enough and last three rounds. It's not, that's not going to happen. So I think we're. I think it's possible. I think Sir Will could can tank for three rounds. But they have they can hit from range. There's at least at least two two creatures in there. Yeah, I mean, if you need to break it at any time, you can break it. But I think you should start by casting detect magic. Can we do protection from energy? Do I have that? Oh, yeah. Protection from energy fire would be huge. I have protection from energy communal. I could do that. Yes. Oh, that would be huge. That would be huge. That would negate the fire damage that's being done to you. All right. I'll cast... So when it's... You know, whatever we decide to do, I'll cast that. Then I'll go in corporeal. And then I'll I'll move into the room. Keep this in mind. Well, hold on. That's two standard. We're in rounds here. So let's do our rounds. I'm I'm outlining a plan. Okay. So your first round is... Protection from energy communal. We all get we we'll all get protection from energy fire. Okay, let's just walk through the rounds in case there's any other buffs people want to do. So it would be Baron's turn. Uh, Baron, getting ready for this, will call down another judgment on himself, and I'll let you know what judgments those are as soon as my character sheet loads up. So <laughs> me. I like install. Uh, he also might cast a spell in the meantime. Um, would it be helpful? Well, it's 15 rounds, so you don't need any healing right now. Uh, I'll tell you what that spell is as well. When my character sheet <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you right um, now. I, I forgot that I have more heroes than 16 because I was duplicating the horse we had for a long time along with Baron, so it counts that as a hero in my portfolio, and it takes forever to load. Uh, so Baron will call down uh, Sacred Destruction... And sacred, um, uh, resiliency, DR1 magic, no, sacred resistance, fire, and the protection. Those are the two best ones. And then he will cast, um, is there any benefit to having magic weapon greater cast on any of our ammunition? I 
don't think so. Channel Vigor is useless to me. <laughs> this is thrilling radio. <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on here? I'm going to cast uh, Lend Judgment on myself to give Sir Will an extra boost. He gets to choose between a uh, bonus to his AC or bonus to destruction. Oh, what's the bonus to AC? Plus two. And what, the, the type kind of is, I believe, uh, Sacred. Sacred Dawn. Sacred. Uh, I will tell you precisely. Sacred protection. Yes, sacred profane bonus to armor class. That'll add. That'll add. So nice. that'll do. Oh, yeah. That'll do, pig. Nice. Uh, so that's round one. Nestor. Nestor. Yeah, there's not a whole lot he can do. He's just going to sit around uh, being antsy. Antsy, yeah. It's going to be real nerve-wracking. Uh, <laughs> Sir Will. Nestor, I see that you are antsy. Fear not. <laughs> antsy. It is time we take this battle to these creatures. In Iomade's name! And uh, he's going to cast Good Hope uh, on everybody. All right. So this spell instills everyone with powerful hope, and everybody gets a plus two morale bonus on saving throws, attack rolls, ability checks, skill checks, and weapon damage rolls. Awesome. So Huge. Every one of those hits that gets through, two more points of damage. There chip, it is. Chip, chip away. Beautiful. Yeah. Remember the damage part, but add the uh, actual spell to your hero lab just in case you have another morale bonus right now to your saves. Yeah. Uh, all right. Comes back around, and now you have 14 rounds of particulate form left. It is Metro's turn. Uh, protection from energy, communal, fire. And that gives everybody how many? 120. 120. Great. That'll buy, you know, if those things were doing 20 rounds, that's uh, six rounds of uh, avoiding fire damage. Uh, I hate this. This is terrible. Baron. Do you hear how excited he is? Yeah. <laughs> do, we, do we think that... If you think we're not resting immediately after this combat, oh my then God. you can think again. <laughs> do It'd you think... not to. Do you think that this... Is your weapon slashing by any chance? No, it's piercing as a, as a lance. It's The lance is on the ground in the other room, man. The hybrid lance. So you have a slashing weapon. Right? Yes. Sword, yeah. He has rose light. Rose light. Do you... Raised high in the air, Sheriff. Do you think that the creatures you could face could fall under the category of living? In that room. Sheriff, I've seen nothing. All I know is they emanate evil. Well, I think it's as good a time as any for a stab in the dark if you follow my drift. <laughs> Brow Gasher is cast on your weapon. <laughs> Whoa. When that target weapon hits a living creature, in addition to the normal effects of the hit, the wielder can discharge this spell as a free action to open a gash on the target's forehead that deals bleed damage equal to half of my caster level. So that'll be five bleed, or four bleed. Okay. Uh, um, at, at the start of each turn, when it takes bleed damage, it also takes a cumulative number one, uh, minus one penalty on all attack rolls. Nice. But we'll get to that bridge when we get to it. You, are, you have an empowered sword right now. Comes back to Nestor, still antsy. Antsy. I'm feeling a bit sitting antsy, as they say. <laughs> Sir Will, what do you got? Anything else? He moves to the door. Are we ready? Just just about. Comes back Lex- to... <laughs> Easy boy. Comes back to Metro, now 13 rounds of particular form left. What yeah, do you do? Standard action, enact the spectral shroud, and I go incorporeal. And... Go. Incorporate. I have a fly speed with perfect maneuverability. Fly speed with perfect maneuverability. <laughs> I'm a ghost. That's the other thing about detect magic. You don't. It's not a full round action. You don't have to stay still. You can move to different safe locations and just keep the casting going as a stand downing. Metra will move. She'll fly up into the wall 
into the wall Between to the, the north. Whoa. Oh, oh, very tricky. Just hang out cool in there. I will hang out hell. in the wall. Hang out in the wall. And she'll say, cover, at, by the way. I'm literally in the wall. Can yeah. they, they can't hit me. No, they can't hit you, but if you come out to do something, you get you cover, uh, cover if as long can as true you... seeing see through walls? No, uh, no because it, it doesn't. It says specifically it's not x-ray vision. So okay. If, okay. Yeah. You can't see through solid objects. It says yeah. there's okay. a little line in the text. Wow. If you fly she, into she the She goes, go. <laughs> you know those old Looney Tunes where the characters are underneath the wallpaper and they just kind of, that's basically Metro now. You could do like, oh, this is amazing. Yes, it's really cool. Actually, you know, if I can get up into the wall, the northern wall of that room, because I have 60 feet of movement on that fly. So I can fly in the wall. Along like, the perimeter like, of the wall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you want to get into the north. Oh, that's really interesting. So you're going to go. I don't know where the wall is, but roughly where I'm pinging on the map. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're going to fly up, and you're going to fly across that open doorway. Remember, there is an open doorway. There. I'm traveling within the walls. No, but there's, there's a, an open doorway you're going to go between, between the walls. I will, Do you want to stop before you get you to the can doorway? Go can you show me where the, the, what the room looks like? Yeah, I can absolutely show you. So <laughs> Poke your head up into the upper floor. So look oh. where those two dead uh, giants are. You can either stop before you get to that open doorway to pass through, uh, or you could just like take the long way around. I'll stop. I'll stop before the open doorway. Okay. All right. So Metra f- flies through the perimeter of the interior of this place. She's just like amazing, side, like sideways in the walls. That this is why we would be so terrifying to fight against. Really. It's yeah, like I wouldn't want to do it. It's like Dude, fighting against an entire haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> And now comes to Baron's turn. Baron, are you leading the charge? Uh, Baron is going to give Nestor also a lending of his judgment. You can choose between adding Ooh. four to your weapon damage or two to your AC. Uh, damage. I'll take the damage if you don't mind. And uh, Baron will step up closer to the doorway and say, Will, do you need me to lead us off? I can't really open the door after doing that, though, so I'm really just stepping in position behind you. Lend judgment's the standard? Yeah. Okay. No, stand behind me, Sheriff. I've got it. Now goes to Nestor. Nestor is going to move up, uh, feeling as easy is, and get right behind Sir Will, waiting for him to breach the door. Waiting uh, for him to breach the door. Many shots, two arrows knocked, ready to fire. Yep. Now goes to Sir Will. Uh, I hope they're not too close. <laughs> um, Sir Will turns one last look at Baron and Nestor, and then just turns and <laughs> pushes the door open. Sword raised high. What this is going to be bad. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> shit. They're right there. They're all right there. Why did you guys stay back? And we'll see you next week. No! Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, no! The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.
Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to Counterclock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.